we're back after a little hiatus during the holidays there. It's the Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, and I could not be more excited to bring you this episode. We took a trip out to Penrose Brewing out in Geneva. Um, uh, Needless to say, they were extremely accommodating, super knowledgeable, super awesome guys. We popped bottles. We conversated for over an hour and a half. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. So here you go. All right, so I'm sitting in the barrel house, right, of Penrose barrel Brewing room. here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like a Willy Wonka for beer geeks, you <laughs> know, this a bunch of wood with delicious beer in it. So I'm sitting here with uh, I got Tom, Tom Quarter, right? That's right. And Jake, what Jake? What's your last name? Jake you Brady, like the Brady Bunch. Jake Brady, like the Brady Bunch, and then my good friend Mike Maxwell is joining us today because he is a Penrose junkie, so he couldn't miss this one. Uh, so how you guys doing? Doing great. All right, doing good man. Great. Finally right. in 2018. Yeah, right. We made yeah. it. How was that transition? <laughs> same same as any other day? Leave yeah, 2017 exactly. in the dust as far as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so the, we're surrounded by just amazing beer. Tell us a little bit about the barrel house we're sitting in. Well, so this is barrel room uh, one. A. Right. One of two. <laughs> um, we, we started off with this when we opened and uh, knew it was something that we really wanted to be a part of what we do and our culture and type of beers that we like to drink and brew and really helps kind of uh, stretch our kind of brewing chops a little bit. So uh, we wanted to kind of put this in place early on. uh, And when we first started, it was maybe 12 barrels all stacked on each other, no racks, anything like that. And then uh, released a couple, bought some more barrels with what we got from that, bought some more barrels, bought some more barrels. And then we had 70 in this room, something like that. Uh, and so we said we needed another room. So uh, Barrel Room 2 is next door. Uh, we put it here right next to our tap room because that's what we want people to see. We want them to see the barrels first. This is an event space for us as well. So rather than doing uh, the tap room right in the middle of the brew house where it's hot and gross and all that <laughs> stuff, uh, we wanted it to be next to the barrel room. Plus we had... Uh, a separate HVAC system here, which is really oh, cool. Nice. So we're able to keep a, a consistent temperature in this room um, and keep the kind of blow off of this room away from our fermentation room, which is also nice. So uh, lots of different reasons why we put it here and why we uh, built it the way we did. But uh, yeah, it's grown ever since day one. So right now we're at about uh, 280 wild barrels and maybe 30 clean barrels, something like that. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, compared to a lot of the breweries your size or, like, a lot of the, the newer breweries in the areas, you know, they're everywhere now, everywhere across the yeah. state now. So so how does your wood stack up against the, the everywhere else? I mean, is yours way above average? Well, I mean, yes. I, it, with the exception of... Uh, <laughs> Just a number. I mean, the beer I mean, in you, it we know is... You've got, is, you've got we're, Goose, we're which is huge. We're getting closer to that explicit... Yeah, thing that next that to big the red podcast. Just, yeah. just blow the door off, of it, man. <laughs> Fuck. Just no, go you've, for it. you've got Goose, which is huge. Obviously, they've got ginormous uh, space. Rev has a ton of barrels. So is Lagunitas, but those are huge breweries. Uh, Half Acres, big too. We're well under them. Um, when it comes to wild barrels, uh, I would estimate it's Goose, then Distill, then us in the state. Wow. I think. And at your size versus that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're still I think you get, might get a couple arguments from uh, some people in the area, but yeah, we're close enough. For I'm saying for Wild Barrels. Yeah, we're close yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, Distill, I, you're definitely right with them. If not, yeah. yeah. Well, Distill, I think Distill's maybe 
double our wine barrel size, but then their bourbon barrel is yeah. Yeah. much yeah. bigger too. Sure. So all, all in there. So I mean, we're pretty good uh, focused on our on our barrel size and, and skewed in our f- footprint of of barrels. Right. And aside from you know beer geeks, from aside from seeing a double dry hopped IPA on a label, they also like to see barrel aged if they want to buy something. Right. I mean mm-hmm. that's that's huge. So you guys got that in spades around here. It's awesome. Um, sour game. That's that's like your guys' wheelhouse, right? I mean, anything. Yeah, that's Belgian what we like. And anything sour, right? That's. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things we started up as. Uh, definitely Belgian inspired. Uh, we've shifted and skewed as time goes on, and we want to do something else, or we're having a flavor for something else. Uh, so you see, our cans are totally different than what we came out with on day one. But uh, yeah, the the wilds and sours are something that we've just barely scratched the surface of. Um, having to get to a point where you have something repeatable is really hard to do, especially in that game. Um, And so that's kind of our target for some of our beers. So Wild 10 is something that uh, was the first beer that we released a second time. Uh, So it's a sour red aged in a blend of wine and bourbon barrels. And uh, we released that a second time four months ago, something like that. And then we also just did a variation of it with uh, Wild Town with blackberries. That's the one I just had. Okay. That's, yeah, the yeah, blackberry. That, that was outstanding. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get back to all that stuff later, too, down the road. But let's start with uh, where did it all begin here? Like how, did, how did Penrose come into existence? Well, we started uh, dreaming up Penrose, my business partner and I. Um, shoot, it's probably been six years ago now that we started kind of having those, uh, those thoughts and dreams. Um, I met him, Eric, at uh, Goose Island. We worked together. So I was on the brewing side. He was on the sales side. Uh, and we kind of sat down and said, all right, let's do something our own. So uh, reached out to a couple of uh, local guys in this area um, who helped provide the money for this business, which is always uh, a hurdle that you run into. All in, this in, wood's in, expensive. Yeah, you know, it adds up. <laughs> and the stainless steel tanks and the, yeah. the equipment and stuff like that. So uh, we got in with them, and they shared our vision and, and really wanted to uh, help something grow in this area and wanted to be a part of a brewery. So we said, okay, let's do it. Started up uh, three and a half years ago now, almost four, coming up on four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, ever since, uh, changing, growing, learning what works, learning what doesn't. Um, we actually uh, just uh, started planning our downstate rollout. So for the last three and a half years, we've been just a Chicago land area. But uh, starting in a couple of weeks, will be the rest of the state of Illinois, which oh, is so really fun. We're going to start cool. distributing down there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. So we'll have uh, the entire Lucky state. Yeah. yeah. I've noticed, too, that your production has been a lot more. I mean, I've noticed Session Sour a lot more places than before. Taproom IPA a lot more places than before. Yeah, we kept it kept it fairly small and tight and to the chest uh, early on. Tried to push a lot of draft, but the the draft world is is very difficult now. There are only so many tap handles, and uh, yeah. it's hard to go to a place that has fifty tap handles and find great yeah. fresh beer and people that uh, want to push it and a, sure. a good rotation. So you go to the places that have 2025 or something like that and well there are more than 20 to 25 great breweries in chicago alone sure let alone the midwest let alone anywhere else in the country that they want to bring in so uh draft market's a tough game um so we started going into cans this past year uh with taproom ipa and session sour uh and so that's been a great uh kind of step for us doing that and then this upcoming year we've got steven street that we're uh rolling out with um our uh, our apa 
that'll hit cans. So we have uh, high hopes for that. But then we're also doing a lot of one-offs in cans and seeing those out, out in the market, too. So is it Stephen Street? Is it the first time you're doing that one? Uh, we've done a couple it? of test batches, a couple of trials. Uh, this may be our fourth batch in it, I think. Yeah, I think it started. It started on three barrel, and we stepped it up. Did I do three barrel there? first? I think we did twenty first. I did think we? I rolled rolled the dice on a twenty. Yeah. It's kind of in line with. Uh, it's a very exciting beer for me, at least. Um, it's uh, it's kind of in line with all this uh, double dry hopped, overly. Uh, juicy aroma, not super high bitterness, okay. uh, but approachable. Uh, but this beer is clear, and it's uh, it's drinkable. Oh, really? And well, it's nice and clear. Up. It's I not know. hazy enough. That's, that's <laughs> okay. Hazy that's, enough. Well, yeah, when, when people are seeing double dry hop, they're like they're thinking it's a, exactly. a New right. England. They've kind of assumed yeah. that that's those kind, yeah, two words are synonymous. But, uh, you know, Gu- you can guilty. put a lot of hops yeah. on the aroma and still have a clear, you know, clean finish. Um, that's what I like about this beer, and it's approachable, 5.3%, and oh, wow. uh, tons of Amarillo, a little Simcoe mm-hmm. mosaic in there, um, real juicy. That sounds like a good one there. Stephen oh. Street, right? Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. are on Stephen Street, right? We are on Stephen Street. It's, 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 it's right off so of the 90s being, crap So being beer. as creative as we are, <laughs> since, <laughs> since, since our Wild Series are just numbers, um, <laughs> hey, it, man, those are some Geneva great Common, The names of the great right. beer, by the way, but yeah. That was nice. Yeah. The, uh, the names of the beers tend to accidentally just be what ends up on the brew sheet. So one of us will write a silly name on the brew sheet, like Pebbles, for yeah, example. So, sometimes it's a smart-ass comment. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's... Uh, really liked right. Pebbles, too. Yeah, that was really good. And then uh, the lack of creativity ends up just that goes on the label because we can't decide what else to call it. So There's something smart with that, though, just simple and better yeah. and, yeah. You guys are kind of nailing it, I think. You don't realize it, but you are. <laughs> no, we wanted to set ourselves apart, too. I mean, a lot of people are doing things that are, I mean. Fancy names. Fancy names, or, you know, you get the more edgy names and stuff like yeah. that. It's like, right, all right, right. I, listen, I don't have any yeah, tattoos. I don't want to try to be that. I just, yeah. just I like let the, the beer speak for itself exactly. and, and let's roll that way. Well, I mean, and then, you know, on the other side, too, though, the name is one thing, but your guys' bottle art, which I've taken your tour before, so I've, I've got a little bit of the, you know, the history of the logo and stuff, so I made it, but bottle art's beautiful, I mean, it's great, especially the Wild Bunch stuff, all the Wild Series stuff. So where does that all come from? Well, a lot of that we work with uh, a designing team out of Chicago, um, somebody that we worked with for years. Uh, his name's Ian Law. Uh, he does the labels for Rev and... Uh, Brickstone and uh, Burnt City, uh, a couple other breweries too. Um, so he's he's a great designer. He's got a good team there. Uh, Ian and Adam, uh, they do a lot of great work. So when we started working with them from day one, we said, "All right, here's our concept. Here's what we want to be." And they built a lot of kind of pieces around that, and have really been able to extrapolate there, uh, especially in the wild labels um, and some of the bases for for our tiling artwork uh, and stuff like that. But they do some amazing artwork on those wild labels. So for the people that haven't been here yet and maybe haven't taken your tours, explain to them a little bit about the, the label and where it comes from. The Yeah, so the label and the name are uh, kind of interconnected. Uh, the Penrose tiling pattern, the, the Penrose uh, shapes are infinite tessellations. And they're infinite tessellations that go together in a certain way. You can you can calculate the shapes that actually work and, and all sorts of stuff. It's, uh, uh, Sounds like math. Yeah, it's de- definitely a lot of math, uh, uh, named after a British mathematician uh, in kind of his work with that. Uh, but we saw it as a nice intersection between 
like art and science, the same thing as brewing. You know, at the end of the day, you care about that beautiful beer in your glass. You know, you don't care about your mash temp or pH or uh, anything like that. Jake does. Uh, I can see it. In well, his exactly. <laughs> but, but we have to, and that's see it in his that's eyes right that's now. That's that like, you're not speaking for me. You know? sure. No, but the, the no, we we both do. Yeah, the standard Joe drinker are looking at the shelf. No, that doesn't me. care that's the mash temperature of, yeah. of of your IPA. Um, but the reason that beer tastes that way is because the brewers put so much effort into it, stressed about every little thing, argued amongst themselves about every little thing, um, and, and did the best that they could with what they had. Why Geneva? Are you from here? Uh, I'm not, but my partner was, and then uh, our other partners are too. So I live in Geneva now, uh, moved out here when we opened the brewery. It's a great little town. Uh, there wasn't another brewery super close uh, when we opened. Um, I mean, two brothers uh, for production breweries, probably the closest over in Warrenville. Solom had just opened up in Naperville not too long uh, before we... It was probably they opened after we were planning, so we had already had our mind set, but uh, they opened well before us. Um, Plenty of distance between. Yeah, yeah you got it's, still, quarter it's still pretty it's far. It's a great town. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But then the, the main reason is because Geneva was ready for a small local brewery. They want something to support. They want to support local. If you go up and down 3rd Street, the main uh, strip yeah. in Geneva, it's not like Applebee's and Chili's or anything like that. It's all small local restaurants who care and who, who do the right thing and have good food and not big, huge chain restaurants. And, and we thought a, a brewery would fit really well in there. And since since we've opened up, we've got a coffee roaster just down the street. Uh, good friends with them. Who's uh, that? Uh, Is that? Fresh Ground okay. Coffee Roaster. They're always here for the bottle, the wild releases. Yeah, yeah. yeah we usually awesome. bring them in uh, for those. I've um, only been out this area a handful of times. And when I did come, a, a friend of mine works part-time over at that. Is it Graham's? Is it yeah. Graham's Coffee? Graham's coffee, coffee place. House. That place was good. Mm-hmm. Good cold brew and stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. That. But like you said, like you, you pull into this town. When you go through that, you see exactly what you're saying. It's, it's like very probably one vivid. of the least cookie-cuttery towns in yes. Illinois, really. That means you could still go out to Randall Road. As soon as you get into downtown, you can tell you're in a, just a different city. It's not typical. Yeah, I've been to like absolutely. Barrel and Rye out here. Like there's Barrel some nice Rye. places out here. Yeah, there a couple of new places opened up. You've got you've got Niche over there on Third Street. You've I heard Buttermilk's really good. Buttermilk's good that? brunch. Yeah, yeah. Nosh is going to be opening up here. Uh, they closed down to move, but they do some good brunch. Burger Local, Nobel. This new place just opened up Craft Urban. Yeah. Really, really good food, and they do late night ramen. Oh, you're into that? oh yeah. None of that oh, we're all into that right <laughs> yeah. now. Be very aware. Yeah. We are into that. And you look at the draft lists uh, up and down the street. I mean, and and they're stacked. You know, you've got great beer. And they're varied. For, yeah, yeah. You've got great beer from one end to the other. It's not just your your stereotypical suburban. What we all used to think of suburban draft lineups five years ago or something like that. Right. You can find great beer anywhere in this town. That's yeah, that's good. See, because like I said, I don't get out here too often, and we're from Joliet. I mean, it's it's a bit of a haul to get out here, but Penrose makes it 100% worth it. And then you have that backing too to have that that downtown area to hit. Uh, we brought my wife here, man. She loves your oh, sours. You she'll buy. It. She'll, she'll she took the tour with me. She was in love with the place. So I yeah. left. I left today, and she's like, I can't go tonight, but can you? <laughs> Grab a bottle of something. Like they have a sour out right now. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll see what we can find. <laughs> no, that's that's the way to do it too. You bring your family, oh. or you know, bring it your mother-in-law. It is quite the destination. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, for us, I mean, being in Joliet, it, there's no easy way to get this way. Oh, but, yeah, it's, it, but it's totally, you know, it's worth coming out here. Yeah, especially you when you guys let us sit in the barrel room and talk <laughs> yeah. on microphones. With go all the way into awesome. 355 <laughs> to get out here. We uh, took we, 59 we all the way north, just past 88. But I think that was based on like 
midday traffic. Yeah, you know, so that was a Google bad idea. Google was like, hey, take 59. Shake's <laughs> <laughs> right. We're Jake, terrible decision to, makers. Sorry, you used to work up front, didn't you? I remember. I did, yeah. I uh, I started. Um, graduated. Just, yeah, just Day bug, one. Just yeah. bugging these guys uh, to get a job. I was working in restaurants and stuff. Um, just had graduated uh, college um, and just came in here and emailed them too many times to the point where they had oh, to give awesome. me a job up front and then they let me uh you know let me scrub floors from there and yeah, tom you, let me screw up a couple brews and then yeah. now uh, screw up that seems like that seems like a lie it's <laughs> <laughs> funny it's the same way i got them to do the podcast i just emailed them one too many right. times and finally he's like fine i'll fucking do your podcast yep. let's go it tends to work if anybody's trying to get him to yeah, if anybody do anything, needs anything from tom from you, just, just keep send emailing. me a second email because like after 30 seconds that email's like out of sight yeah so i good. bet yeah you, you got a lot of uh, people pulling you huh <laughs> all right i feel like i'm burying the lead here talk about what, what a cork came out of a bottle and then some of it came in my glass so yeah, what am i yeah wild 14 uh it's been one of my favorite beers that we've done in the in our wild series it, I don't think it's been like the most fanfared beer, uh, but I think it like proves this balance point in a wild beer that wild is not necessarily sour. The ultra fruitiness is coming in there. We use a lot of buckwheat in this beer. This beer we released, it's been over maybe two years now. Yeah, September 2015, the label says. Yeah, so uh, heavy dose of buckwheat. We kind of just wanted to make this nice and soft, Brett fermented. Almost farmhousey, super fruity uh, character beer. Uh, we've tried to replicate this beer four or five times since, and, <laughs> and haven't been able to. Um, but we have some really nice grisettes in the same vein that yeah. are that are coming down the pipe and, and fermenting right now. So, can, can you talk about that process a little bit for people? You know, people like me, especially. Like, I don't know. I, I see nails in barrels in certain places. You know, like talk, talk about that process of like blending and waiting and tasting and. Yeah, so I mean, uh, a lot of what we do is, I mean, you have a base beer, right? So we get eight to ten wine barrels out of a base beer on our big batch. Um, sometimes we have an endpoint in mind and know what we want at the finish. Sometimes we have an ingredient list in mind um, and know where we want to start, but. At some point, like in the middle, you kind of hit this point where you say, okay, I like where this is going, or okay, it needs something else, and then you can blend something else into it. So we've done a couple of uh, full batch releases where we have a target in mind, we know what we want, most of the barrels hit their mark, maybe six to eight of ten all hit their mark, and we release it as is. But a lot of the other stuff we do is blending, so we say, all right, this barrel is super fruity, but it doesn't have any acid. This barrel over here is oaky and a little fruity, but it brings a nice acid component. So you can piece those together and have this kind of jigsaw puzzle of flavors that, that all work at the end. And that's, that's some of the like, coolest things that, that you can do out of some of these beers is that you can have two beers on the total different sides of the spectrum that when put together, it's, it's harmony and it works and it's just right. Sometimes it you have a barrel that just totally sucks and you just need to get it out of the brewery, but that, that also happens too. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but I mean, that's one thing I've learned, and uh, I mean, as cliche it is, you know, the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Blah blah blah. Everybody can say that, but um, when you're actually taking components and trying to both, like he said, use what your goal was, and then also what you've 
you're kind of thinking and getting inspired by from tasting the barrels and kind of trying to meet in the middle of blending kind of what you wanted plus what you're kind of thinking now that you're tasting the beer and you might even go in a totally different direction than the intention of the beer when you brewed it Um, and it can still end up being a fantastic beer but I mean like you said another thing that I've learned is if you're not dumping barrels that's you know you have to you're gonna you're gonna lose some beer and it's it's part of the process and you need to make sure that you're selecting uh, you know your your most prime barrels for your certain types of blends that you're looking for and I think that's that's kind of overlooked sometimes and back when we only had 10 barrels and we were tasting them you know there's not a lot of room for error there yeah. uh, but as we've grown we definitely have uh, enough barrel stock to, to do a lot of fun stuff this place has always struck me though as meticulous with quality there's never like an okay beer or like eh, this one wasn't that great you seem to be just right on all the time I don't I mean, I, I, there are beers that I always want to be better. Sure, you know, sure. I, th- I think that's part of being a brewer is, like, you're never satisfied. Even, like, okay, you hit it out of the park with this one beer, you think it's great. And you're like, oh, well, man, I, I wish it was just, like, five IBU lower. You know, oh, I just, right. I, I want to change it a little bit. Or, oh, this crop of hops just went a little grassy on me. I, I need to add in another top note. And then, like... Two I should have put Nelson in this. Yeah, <laughs> two years, three years Nelson later, you're like you have this recipe that you started off with, and it's totally different. Uh, but you're just always tweaking, always playing, always just trying to figure out what works and what people likes. And, and flavors change, people's perceptions change. People tasting uh, Rev Antihero today taste it differently than they did when it first came out because we just had this conversation right it's not no it's all of a sudden not fruity enough and not yeah yeah Yeah, exactly have all these double dry hop ultra fruit i agree with you 100 no we're we're very much in agreement yeah but but it changes people's perceptions change ingredients change and so you you always have to tweak and play and so if you're if you're ever settled and not changing your recipes you're like you're getting left behind good luck sure you can't just keep Resting on the laurel type type. No, absolutely uh, cliche, not. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, so, all right. I know you guys talked about the, the the whole blending thing, but the blending thing to me is very, uh, I don't know, abstract. It so is. Like how mathematically is this like trial and error? Sometimes. Like here, we add a little bit of this. Yeah. You know, Some, I, sometimes we sit down. So what we'll do is we'll take uh, we'll sample whatever barrels we think need to be sampled at the time, yeah. whether it's by time or just oh hey I forgot about that beer. What what's that doing? Let's taste that, um, and we'll sit through and taste them, and uh, we'll we'll rank them on our own. So Jake has his own paper, I have my my own paper. Uh, we'll bring in uh, our packaging crew, our lab crew, um, our sales crew, any of our taproom staff that's around. Um, so we also local down podcasters. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> more walk. That's cool. The, the more more taste uh, taste buds are in there, the better. But we'll sit there down there and taste them. We'll write our notes. Uh, usually. I rank them on like a zero to two scale. I've now started going in between points too. Um, but I was doing this uh, when I was at Goose with John Laffler and we would, we would rank this way and, and it ended up being a yes, no, or maybe type scale. Um, and so like if a barrel's great, it's a absolute yes, it's two. If it's horrible, they're off flavors, it's not gonna contribute anything to your beer, it's a zero, you're not gonna use it. If it's a one, you can play with like the blend of it. So we kind of end up end up talking about it, maybe averaging our scores or so, 
if his is a two and mine's a zero, we're not going to use it. Anybody's this is bullshit. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. He's but, just, he's just I mean, feeding us yeah. lies right exactly. now. For, I can smell it on him. <laughs> for, for the most and part. And he tells me to put the damn barrels in the tote. Yeah. And I go put them back. <laughs> for, for the most part, anybody's zero is like an absolute no for the most part. Right. Okay. Um, and it, people do, you know, in sensory, in a true sense of sensory, certain people get certain off flavors more than others or certain, you know, certain things they like more than others. So we like to, like you said, bring more than just us into the picture because if we just made beer that me and Tom wanted to drink all the time, all these Brett Grisettes wouldn't sell. So, you know, we need, <laughs> we need to make more than just that. Yeah. So, But I, I, are pretty good, though. I also know, like, who can taste certain flavors, too. So if I get, like, a hint of a flavor or I'm, like, worried about that flavor coming out, I'll bring a beer to one of those people and say, all right, taste this and if they get it then all right yeah like there. yeah you get certain people where you're like if right. this so person like likes, anna our, our lab girl anna who does a great job she's a really low threshold for diacetyl so if we think this barrel maybe needs more time and it's not ready and has a little hint of d we'll make sure that someone else it sounded confirms really that. dirty that's <laughs> <laughs> some real beer talk right there <laughs> no but uh, so w- w- you go through and taste them and and sometimes you just dump them all, all your leftover samples into one glass and say, okay, that's an equal blend. You know, just put all the barrels in the tote and call it good. Other times we literally sit there with like a graduated cylinder right. or a pipette and right. we're going, all right, a little bit there, a little bit there. And Sometimes you like. end up taking, you know, 33 pounds from a barrel, you know, as opposed to the entire barrel because you only need this much top note uh, from that particular beer. I'm sorry. I'm just like totally enthralled by the by the whole barrel <laughs> thing. I want to talk about other stuff too. But um, well, so here, let's let's crack open another beer. What do you want to oh, crack? Please. Open? How about Dealer's hair? Choice. I'm not going to fight choice. you on it. Um, hair. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna Snapchat you guys. Is that all right? I don't know Snapchat. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is awesome. That's that like, old. That's the best answer ever. Uh, this one you're cracking. Didn't you do a wild plum one too? Yeah, we, we did, did another. Do a plum yeah. Plum so wild. this is from our our cellar collection series, which is kind of. Um, some of our more really limited, um, I think, all so far have been fruited. Uh, Maybe punchy pear plum. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, all of them. And been they're fr- they're so really limited. Usually like 150 bottles yeah. total, 150 12 ounce bottles. And most most of the time, that's because the the fruit is usually in limited supply. So we're getting something right. special. Um, this one we got pears from uh, our buddy Doug. Uh, he works out at Heritage Prairie Doug. Farm. Our buddy Doug. Let's get a Doug <laughs> shout out here. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so they, they grew the pears uh, just down the road. Um, so uh, all organic farm, which is awesome. Uh, and there's some great pears, and they, they worked really well in this beer. No, to this day, me and my fiance, we came to the release where you did the wild plum, but we woke up late because we were hungover, so we didn't get the bottle, but you had it on tap. And we still talk about it being the greatest sour we have ever drank or wild, period. It's like it a half failure for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I still get it. <laughs> like I still got it, but I didn't about get that. it like you, like you normally would. Yeah, this yeah. tastes nice. I, I can't wait to get into this. So, Tom, how about, um, I mean, you talked a little bit about uh, your past with, uh, with Goose. So how, how do you think that readied you for this, for all this? I mean, what would you take out of that big brewery? Well, so, yeah, that in, in my history, actually, Goose isn't the biggest. So um, I started off uh, at Anheuser-Busch before I worked at Goose. So a little bit bigger. But sure. uh, straight out of college, went to work for them uh, for a few years in St. Louis and Georgia. And there I kind of learned the more analytical thought process, problem solving when it comes to beer, because, I mean, you're dealing with 24 different batches of beer a day, 
producing more beer in an hour than I make a year right now. It's crazy. Um, but wanted to scale down and kind of be more integral to the process. So went to Goose Island. Um, that was pre-AB buyout there. Um, was brewery operations manager and then started working a lot with the barrel program and some of the more innovation beers and festivals. And traveled a lot with them uh, to different markets and did beer dinners and, and talked about stuff. So uh, the AB side got me very analytically driven. The goose side kind of broached more of that playful art, that blending type thing. When you have hundreds of barrels to blend, you can really sway different flavors uh, different ways. Um, but then uh, here it's been kind of this fun combination of both. And you know what? If you want something done, you're going to do it yourself. So that's uh, my mentality. Just whoa, in, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> or I would ask Jake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, All no, by so himself. It, it goose, goose really prepped me for. Uh, just, just sitting there talking to all those, uh, all the brewers at the time, and and learning from everything that they did. And Laffler and I work very closely together on a daily basis and bug each other. He usually bugged me with some harebrained, crazy idea like, "Hey, let's buy a smoking gun and use it in a beer," or "Let's make, uh, let's use something with sodium alginate and try to do that in something." But uh, so just kind of uh, branching out um, into different things that beer could be. You know, it doesn't always have to be in between the lines. We are not the only ones with mics here tonight, see? Sorry. No, it's fine. Oh, yeah, God. his lovely Trust wife is conducting wife. Uh, trivia right now. Good. I was yeah. going to say terrible things about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you guys got trivia night, too, huh? Mm-hmm. And, Tom, I feel like I'm making you tell this, your story in, in unorganized pieces, but no, so okay. talk about even before Goose and before Anna, like what what drove you to beer? I mean, I know you said I'm, right out of college. Yeah, was. right out of college. I'm, I'm an engineer by schooling, so I graduated from U of I. Yep, big nerd. <laughs> Big, big nerd, nerd. Uh, great and school. Big nerd. <laughs> was looking to do like sporting goods design. I co-opted with Wilson Sporting Goods, uh, doing tennis racket stuff uh, throughout college. And that's not uh, something a lot of people can say. No, it, that was pretty <laughs> cool. Pretty right? awesome. Getting pretty fat for being a sporting goods. You're oh, right. <laughs> that's because I'm in beer. See, they're, they're easy on you, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You. But uh, and then uh, looking at job fairs, trying to decide what I want to do with the rest of my life. Uh, a couple of my buddies worked at. AB down in St. Louis and seemed like a, a good company to work for and uh, the program that I went to was really cool. It's their pilot program, their pilot brewery. Um, so it's basically nine floors of a 15-barrel brewery, uh, top to bottom, and they hire engineers, scientists straight out of uh, college to run it. So they train you to learn about brewing, to know all that stuff, uh, all in their own brewery. Uh, on a small scale before you move up to the one of their large systems. So, Damn. So you're basically, you're brewing Budweiser? I mean, you're just... Well, you're some, some of them were Bud. You had, to, Bud. you had to make sure you could brew Budweiser to the same, as close to the big breweries as you could. So that way, if you do scale up, if you do create a recipe and then they have to scale it up to one of their other breweries, it's not that difficult. So you had to still maintain, like, the, the standards and, and everything uh, that the big breweries did, but... On a taste panel of the 12 breweries plus the pilot brewery, I think, like, nine times out of ten, the pilot brewery was in the bottom two. So it, it wasn't, like, <laughs> perfect. Some legit metrics on Yeah, I know, but it wasn't perfect. But um, they're, they're very anal about every little thing that, that went into it, which it was awesome. I mean, it, they did a lot of test batches, a lot of different brews, uh, 
back then they were doing like trials for the pale ales and the wits and stuff like that. The, they dabbled in that. How bourbon. long ago was that? Two thousand five, six was I, when I was there, um, and then moved to Georgia and. Oh, so seven. you invented I did not, Bud did Light not Platinum. Say that. Yep. No, no lime. He's, he's the lime. Brain's Bud Light lime. lime. Oh, okay. Lime Marita. <laughs> yes. That's, did yeah. not say that. That's why you're always drinking all those damn. Every margaritas. local <laughs> concert or festival you've ever been to, he's he's the guy, he's the guy behind the uh, beeritas. <laughs> That's a lie. So, what was your first? Uh, what was like your gateway beer? What was the, what got you into it, or like what brewery or, or beer itself that? just kind of pushed you like yeah this is my thing now I, I think it i had that early stage of like the shotgun approach you know where you just try everything keystones not, not <laughs> no not like, like shotgunning a shot. beer like <laughs> you cast that net broad and and try everything and so that spray shot yeah <laughs> that's when i was like growing up in the beer world was just try everything you can um and really it just evolved from there and uh God, I can't remember. Like, you remember like a brewery that had like an impression on you, like that you instantly just latched onto. I I think Schlafly early on because I was in St. Louis, uh, I was brewing with Bud, but then Schlafly was doing a lot of really interesting, cool things with great flavors and just on a smaller scale. So I think that was a nice kind of counterbalance to see uh, from the Bud side to that. Uh, and then in Georgia, uh, Sweetwater was huge down there so uh going to see their brewery and what they do and just the the different beasts that the craft brewers were than the huge brewers i was like oh these people are doing what they want they're having fun doing it you know they get to be right in the middle of it so i think uh more seeing the the cultures of the craft breweries than like any one particular six pack at that time it was like an interesting i'm gonna be you now. That was like an interesting <laughs> like era in uh, take a break. As, as far as craft was really doing interesting things at that point. Did you feel within like a year, did you already feel like that was too big and you wanted to explore smaller, craftier? It wasn't until I was I at the, the is, but you know. yeah, it wasn't until I was at the, the large AB plant. Because at the large AB plant, you're running shift work. You can't like close a valve you know you're you're dealing with the the union employees who are doing that um and and you have to be that behind the scenes reporting analyzing all right my sparge temperatures are climbing why are they doing that or um, we're getting too many uh too much like grainy bitterness out of this beer now we have to go analyze the eight different parts of it and kind of pick that apart so it wasn't until that part where i was like all right, I miss that. That was the good thing about being in that pilot brewery. Is you're, Start with, yeah. you're dragging hoses, you're dumping grain, you're running the bottling line yourself. You're, I mean, you're doing everything we do here, but like with AB standards. So I think going and AB to the, money and AB, and AB money, money, absolutely. I think going to the big brewery uh, really uh, kind of put that in perspective. And uh, she just ruined the whole show. Yeah, we need I milk. <laughs> we need milk. <laughs> Don't worry, you can you can come in if you need to. We got we got people dropping them off. Uh, it might be notes about uh, no, but, uh, yeah, top would, secret beers. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I would say I would say at the Big AB Brewery. That's well because that's when I was like thinking about going to Goose. I also wanted to move back to the Midwest to be closer to my family, and like all my college friends were still back here. I was down in Georgia, which is totally different. Yeah. Um, but uh, I worked with some great Not people. Really. Uh, the, 
the new plant manager, I don't know which, what her official title is right now, but Mary at Lagunitas, she was down there with me. Um, a couple other guys who now are at Craft Brewers. A lot of people are at Sam Adams now that I used to work with. So um, a lot of people had that love for beer, but it's just, it's a huge scale. It's a different beast. Where do you think craft beer is now as a whole? Do you think it's oversaturated? Do you think it's still blooming? Do you think it's... Oh, that's a hard question because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, yeah. it's not one or the other. It's sure, everything. Sure. It's absolutely everything because I think... Uh, He's talking the, faster now. You got him excited. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Maxwell's here to ask the hard questions. No, not at all. The, the breweries that used to... like So on a certain scale, breweries would go from 15,000 to like 60,000 and like try to be nationwide. So they would send their beer as far as they could, and anybody that wanted to take it, they would send it there, and they would send their whatever East Coast IPA or Midwest East Coast IPA at the time, uh, and it would sell. But now, it's harder for those breweries to take that jump because uh, there's another local brewery down the street making this killer beer who also has a personal connection to the people that are drinking it. So it's harder for those breweries to grow. However... I don't think it's totally saturated because there's room for growth. Sure. There's room for breweries to do some awesome stuff. There's room for breweries to open up a tap room on a much smaller scale than we have. Uh, people who are brewing on a one-barrel system are surviving and making beer. People sure. who are brewing on a five-barrel system are, are doing great stuff. People who start on a three-barrel system are now brewing 25,000 barrels and yeah. selling it just in the state of Illinois right now. Sure. So I, I don't think it's saturated. Uh, I think it's a very interesting point. Because I think it's competitive. Oh, it's very yeah, competitive. Definitely. Yeah, but that's it, a good way to look at it. It's, it's, you, you can't tell what the brew, what the beer world's going to do in, in two years from now. I have no idea. No, no. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I don't think anybody can try to. No. I mean, I thought, I thought session IPAs were going to, you know, stay around for a while, and then all of a sudden this, this haze craze came, and... I'm wondering when that's going to go away. I think very soon. And it's, no, I don't think it's so. It's not going to go away, but it's not, it's not going to be go like away. as prominent as is, you know, as now. But. So the buzz uh, question is, so what's next? True. You know? Loggers and Pilsners? No. I've heard we, that. No. People. No. I've heard that from Absolutely people. Absolutely not. Every brewer will try to tell you that. And if they, like, invest in lagering tanks and stuff, they'll realize, oh, wait, no. <laughs> right, because yeah. they take longer, right? Like, I mean, two years hard. ago or so, that, that cold like brew, cold summer of cold, 2015 right? or 16, that was, that was the thing. It was, oh, everybody's going, you know, light and bright and drinkable and old-school, sessionable beers. Or even, like, dry-hot Pilsners, yeah, it, like an sure. American Pilsner or something like mm-hmm. that. But... I mean, let's be real. Seventy some, whatever. I don't know the number. You guys can look up the number. It's all IPAs still. It. It you know, is. it's it's all hoppy beers, and yeah. I think it's important to stay relevant with both your hoppy offerings and the other things you do to entice people to want to come out and see your brewery. Number one, and number two, really just enjoy your your brand and all the things you have to offer and your style. You know, it's important to develop a style. Um, and you can veer from your, you know, we started Belgian inspired and we're, we're not saying that we're no longer Belgian inspired just because we make some hoppy beers. But I think it's important to to kind of define yourself and 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 make beers that both you want to drink, but also that people want to drink. Let's sure. be real. You're making beers that people want to enjoy. You're making beers for people to enjoy. That's the goal here. You want them to enjoy the beer you're making. So if you just make a bunch of, you know, Blondales and you think that's the greatest thing in the world, but everybody else doesn't, you're not getting yourself anywhere. And 
you know, I think that's that's what a lot of people run into, obviously. You got to stay true to who you are, but be flexible enough right. to turn left or and right that's if need the, be. That's that's the game. That's the that's the balance. I think. You know? That's another thing, though, with you guys too. Cause when I first discovered you guys the, for the first time, it was like you guys had an identity. You know, it felt like you had an identity. When I came here, I took the tour. I did all the basic basic B stuff. You know, came through here and <laughs> drank the tap room. We already got the explicit thing. Right. You can say. <laughs> Listen, you know, I'm drinking the tap room, and then, I, I, you know, I knew I liked some sour, so I'm trying the session sour. I'm like, oh, look at that. You know, it's good. You know, my wife liked it, but but everything I've had from you guys, like, has you in it. You know, it's it, it, I've had everything from, like, that was it P2, and um, what's the one on there right now? The divert, is it? Yeah, I mean, you, I taste Penrose, you know, like, it's, it's not all breweries have that. A lot of them do, but, like, it's sometimes not a positive thing. It's You guys have a, a definite, unique uh, flavor to it, no matter what style it is. So it's like you stay true to yourself, but like you said, you're not just Belgian anymore, which on the tour, I remember we talked a lot about Esters and Belgians and that kind of thing. But oh, you went on a Rob tour for sure. Probably. He's, <laughs> he's like skinny dude, maybe like my size. Yeah, like yeah, that. maybe littler than very, you. Very handsome. It was a so one hour and 45 <laughs> well minute tour. Together. Yeah. Hi, Rob. <laughs> Shout we, out to Rob. We, we absolutely love Rob. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, Jake, talk a little bit about like, where, where did you start? When, when did you decide, like, dude, craft beer, I'm not drinking Keystone uh, anymore? Like, well, I was out. Um, I tried to be a big fancy engineer like Tom because I thought I was all smart. Um, and then college happened. So, um, but I managed to graduate with a biochemistry degree. So I've always been oh, in. So you're, in not, you're, so you're part dumb, but just yeah. not that dumb. <laughs> biochemistry. Get so out of here. I, I, I kind of have the mind of thinking about um, the way things work uh, simply with, with, with living things. It's kind of, you know, my hobbies are I have a bit, really large garden and I like to ferment, you know, things like kimchi and shit at home. Um, it's just very much how I think. I really like to get involved with living things that I can manipulate and that really interested me uh, from day one. I started brewing um, I went to way too many colleges to name, but when I was at my portion in ISU, um, Illinois State, I was, which we'll be uh, distributing at very soon. So very cool, everybody. Uh, oh, I can't wait because I, I go down. Um, to, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break no, up the story. Ahead. We'll go right back to it. But I, I go down <laughs> to Champagne every year for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas because my fiance's sister lives there. Okay. I'm looking forward to going into the local Benny's and grabbing Savoy. a four pack. Of You're Sessions hanging out in Savoy at Triptych. You're not. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Triptych's <laughs> a great place. Triptych oh. is really good, but uh, other than that, there's nothing. Tom will be down there next week next doing week. some fun stuff. Yeah, Where quality, at? quality next week, uh, which is downtown Champagne and uh, yeah. uh, Black Dog in February. Black Dog Champagne. So I'm stoked about that. Oh yeah, it's a good time. You raise your it. eyebrows like I had too much fun at this place called Black Dog. No, I've I've never like it's just great barbecue. It's okay. great, good oh. food. It's it's okay. not one of my too much fun places in oh, Champaign. Okay. It's a nice little college town. Yeah, fun places. My parents live there too. So, oh, there you nice. go. <laughs> so you, yeah, you have to go. There. <laughs> All right, Jake. So I'm sorry. sorry. No, but anyway, so I've always just been into the science of it and homebrewing for a while, spending too much money on homebrew, and uh, just really got into it. You know, you go back to the question you asked Tom, like, was there a brewery or a beer that really turned you on? Um, I think that's hard to kind of point, pinpoint, you know, but um, the age when I was growing up in beer, it was kind of uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Stone IPA uh, was kind of the starting to, to take over as far as your good hoppy beers uh, that were offered at the time. And I just remember drinking a couple, you know, I, I, 
I would always be out drinking, you know, your swill, your your natty light when I was out east or, or what have you. you. How dare you um, call it swill? But uh, you know, when you're able to get twelve packs of pale ale, and you sit there and you drink six of them, and you go, "This is the truth. This is this is what I want to drink," you know, every single day, and and I think I still kind of have that in me where I want simple, and I want. Um, I guess the word drinkable uh, applies, but you know, going back to just just having a beer that every single day you want to drink, but you're so happy every time you take a sip and you're like inspired and excited, yet you still want to have a conversation and hang out with people. It's not just the beer doesn't always, and I know this is a beer podcast, and you guys are doing a great job, dorks. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> but in my mind, it's like as much as we are beer first at the brewery. In, in you know in in your personal life I feel like it should be like beer is 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 second to good company and being with good people and enjoying uh, you know other people and storytelling and if if you have a really nice beer as number two you can really elevate uh, the experience that way and that's that's the kind of the way I think about making beer it doesn't need to be this overly uh, let's just talk about the nuances for 45 minutes it, it can be like "Ooh, i really like this and let's talk about this and then you're hanging out again you know and then you pop another bottle and then you're like "Ooh, i like this and you're hanging out again and i think uh some of those beers like pale ale or stone ipa or even when i got you know got some russian river stuff and started getting into sours um now same thing those are yeah, all that, yeah, yeah supplication was was probably the first one where i was like wow this is and it's still to this day that beer is so soft and not overly acidic or acetic and aggressive. It's so nice and round and it's just beautiful. And I think I think beers like that where you take a second and you go, ooh, wow, and then you go back to living your life. That's that's kind of how I how I think about it. We try to live our bottle shares like that, don't we? It's like it's like well, no, we get a little, really, I get a little I really coffee like how you on said the that nose. Right there. That's really true. You it's, get some coffee on the nose, then it's this is fucking good. That's right. Kind of, you know, right, right. Yeah, exactly. On. Then right. move on to talk about the Cubs or <laughs> right. whatever else right, is going right. on exactly. in the world. Yeah. No, that's that's a really really good no, way that, of putting it. The way that you may have been right the there. most passionate story yeah, I've had like on the that. podcast so far. <laughs> I, I really, I, I, I'm not even kidding. That was that was a good, really good way to look at it. You, you can taste it in your in the beer that you're brewing right now, right? Would you just finished brewing a batch of Tapper? Yeah, Tapper my PA. You know, got to make that a lot. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, it's our it's our number one seller, especially. Kind of funny when we first opened. It was like, oh no, we don't need a bacon IPA. Everybody else is making an IPA, and now that's just. Did you say a bacon IPA? <laughs> yeah, it did sound we like that at first. We don't need to so. make an IPA. See, there's an idea. He was thinking about bacon, bacon no, IPA. No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, do, do you guys, guys want to talk about that at all? Like the what, I bacon mean, IPAs? Uh, no, no. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd, I'd be interested in that. But like. Let's talk. To, I don't know if you if you want to talk a little bit about like the, the market right now and like because that's what I hear continuously from everybody is that you know we're doing this and that but we have to keep these IPAs on t- on tap and we have to keep well, them in the stores because that's yeah, what I mean, people you are don't, buying. You don't have to. You know you can make a, a great business and a great brewery and not make an IPA. Look at there's a lot of people doing. What's it. A look dove, at off color dovetail. Yeah, dovetail. Off color. I was just at Boss you know, Trap. Yeah, dovetail. Exactly. All these, yeah. Like neither of them make an IPA. Yep. And they're doing. They're doing great. Yep. They're happy. They're fine. Um, it, we wanted an IPA, especially out here. If you're in the city, I, I think you. Can, I think it's a little different. Yeah. If you're in the city, you can live without it. Um, out here, the the culture loves their IPA, and 
And so we made an IPA that we're thrilled to have on and, and proud of. And if people keep drinking it, we'll keep making it. And we'll continue to evolve our hoppy world into the Midwest IPAs that we have, the Pebbles, the Dorado, uh, a couple of different ones coming out this year. I haven't year. had Dorado yet, but that Pebbles was really yeah, good. I like Taffer. I, tap, I love Taffer. Uh, I'm going to have to try one at some point. <laughs> you before tell, I you know, you you're, you're, at, you're at the brewery. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Meatloaf! We want it now! They will, they will not be happy. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no, no. You can get your ass up and serve yourself. <laughs> But no, I mean that. that, that and, and again, like what I talked about earlier with you guys' profile and that, like that, the tapper my IPA doesn't taste like the, the IPA next to it. Mm-hmm. Like when I go pick up in Brickstone and that, you know, it doesn't taste like the same as, as what you're doing. So I really like the fact that yours is more unique. It's got I don't know what you say is more floral, like a Belgian flavor more. Uh, no? Not is not that? too much Belgian flavor in there, but um, the hops that we use uh, come out of Michigan. So. Uh, and we really designed that beer around the hops uh, that Hophead Farms brought us. And, uh, their Chinook variety, and I've kind of written off Chinooks for the last, whatever, five, six years. Uh, just uh, I'm not excited by them anymore. But what they brought were really just a great floral note, uh, great fruitiness. Uh, had this nice kind of earthy undertones to them, too. So, like, a really good balance all around with, uh, with those hops. So we kind of designed the beer around that and let those hops shine in there. Uh, but that's Tapper my PA. Uh, but Stephen Street is is definitely uh, we have high hopes for that kind of taking taking some of Taproom's throne a little bit. Absolutely. Um, but then uh, we've got a lot of one-off IPAs that we've been doing too. So. Yeah, um, I, I saw I, I follow you guys on pretty much all avenues of social media, so I, I definitely saw the, the Stephen Street stuff coming here. So so talk about that a little bit, like how you guys utilize social media. I mean, how important is that to this the beer game in general? I, I think it's hugely important to tell your story. I mean, first and foremost is bringing people into your tapper. You know, you want them here to see what you do, to, to uh, see your style, to taste through all your different beers. Um, but you got to get them excited. And if they can't come to the tap room, especially if you're like a larger brewery that sells to multiple states, but you still want them to know your story and know your people and know what you do and why you do it and get inspired by it. And just you want people to like your brewery and like your people in addition to just liking the beer. So it helps you stand out. It helps you kind of set yourself apart from the other 6,000 breweries that are opening, open in the U S 6,000. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> just, just, just 6,000 small competition guys. When it was 4,000, like a year ago. Yeah. It's insane. I, we look, like we said, we live in Joliet and three have just popped up in the last yeah. six months. It's, it's I think insane. They, two have opened and one's about to open. It's, mm. it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's funny. I travel all over the place to go to these breweries and I, don't go to the Joliet ones. Now, like, now that we have them. Them. We don't support nothing. So. Uh, yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> now, I, I went to Elder over the weekend. I went to the Elder before the show, before I went to the show on Saturday, and they were excellent. Um, would you just pop open Jester King? Is yeah, Jester this, King? Is, uh, this is Noble King, yeah. Hoppy Farmhouse Ale, and, yeah, I don't know anything you guys just said. I was just living inside this Good, just, I don't yeah, get in there. He, if, Ooh, for those of beautiful. you who can't see, he is, he is balls deep in that, in that Noble King. Balls deep. Actually, he's just nose deep, really, but it's fine. It does smell delightful. Yeah, I mean, they don't, this they is, don't disappoint. This so. is, like, the one place that I've been to. I've actually been to Jester King, which I don't go to breweries outside of the state much, <laughs> but my cousin is a nurse out in Austin. We visited her this summer, oh, and she said, hey, you like beer, right? 
And uh, so we went to we went to Jester King. First of all, I didn't even care what the beer tasted like. I walked on the grounds and I was like, "This is like heaven." I mean, it's right. outside and it's just beautiful. There's picnic tables and Edison bulbs just lining the place. There's a sandbox for kids to play in. Like it's crazy. <laughs> there's a there's a bluegrass band playing in a tiny little hut. And I'm just like, "This is this is amazing," and their beer was. Just as good. So. Tom, we need to get a bluegrass hut. <laughs> yeah, you should I, I was thinking we need to go to Jester King. <laughs> okay, we can do that too. I was thinking that. <laughs> Avery, this beer is good. Invite us down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's his name, Avery? Okay, I'll we'll talk about Her. it. Her. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey, hey. Invite <laughs> us down, Avery. Um, yeah, no, the, pla- the place was ridiculous. The food was amazing. It, it's just like a compound there. They had, they had everything. Down the street, the shirt that I'm wearing down the street from them is Treaty Oak Distillery. Okay. And this place, that place yeah. was, it's the same concept. It's outside. It's amazing. They had a couple of their own beers too, but great mixed drinks and stuff. And the place was ridiculous. So the same type of thing, outdoor, everything. But Geneva is beautiful. There's a river yeah. running through it. And when it's not zero degrees outside, it's even Hey, it's not zero beautiful. right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's like, it's like, like summer right right today. windows open on the way over. <laughs> it's crazy. We're really sweating on the way here now. It's been a wild uh, two weeks or so, huh? I've got a random question about bottles. and Where are you on aging bottles? Because a lot of people like to buy you know, their three bottles and drink one right away and keep one for a year and two years. Is sour something you can do with that? Or Obviously, that 2015 we had tasted absolutely fantastic. I mean, it really depends. Yeah. It, it, the, the trick is you've never tried it. I, I personally, as a brewer, have never tried it. So under my, like... I mean, this was the first time we had a 14 and... A year, yeah. maybe. It tastes fantastic. Yeah. So I, 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 I like to stand behind things that I try and I'm very analytical about. And we sit here and taste our normal beers, warm sure. versus cold, sure. number of days, how it's stored. Um, and I, I just can't say, oh, yeah, that's going to be fine for yeah. five years. It might go over phenolic or it might kick off a, a fruitier note or, or something like that. I, I don't know. Sure. Um, I still like to age them. I, I've got a few of them. Um, I've got... We've got some five, six, seven right now. Uh, but it's also a, aging has to be done in like a good way, too. Sure. Just putting it in your closet behind your water heater, if you've measured the temperature of your closet, it, it's right. not actually like cellar temperature. Sure. When people putting say, it in your basement beer fridge and forgetting about it in the back is also not, not, not really going to do anything. Right. So. It's not going to do anything. So you've got to have, as long as you know what to expect and if two years from now it's not as good as fresh well who's that on that's you. on you yeah you for you buying know? it and so, not drinking it right away right i i release these beers we release these beers when we think they taste good when we think they're ready they're ready to drink i i think you should drink them. that's what i never got like you already aged it for me why do i need to age it more it's fantastic right. yes. I, I i get i get it i get like the the fascination behind it but i i you're releasing it at optimum quality, like that's yeah. But but all right. So he, here's the the counterpoint to that. Sure. So if I don't like a ton of bourbon heat, uh, yeah, sure. It's it personal. Yeah, it can get personal. So knowing what you like, and exactly what the brewer does, or a lot of people do, and and you know if if you release it at this point, it's got a great barrel note, and it's got that bourbon character. Which if you're putting it out, calling it a bourbon barrel stout, it should probably have some bourbon notes in it. Uh, <laughs> Is there and one in particular that you thought missed that mark this no, year? I feel no. like it, f- it felt like you had the one. The tone of voice sounded <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Right? Right? Not at all. I, I, thinking I, about that bombery crack. That I, was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about <laughs> CBS this year. Saying, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that in general. like, So you release it when it has like high points of that note so people know what to expect. And then if you 
don't want that as a drinker, okay, let it mellow out sure. for a little bit. And, and I know plenty of people who store their beer and store it well and know exactly the age of Orval that they like. You know, and, and That's a great example. Yeah. And that's, that's the other point, too, is that all the beers that we're packaging right now from the wild side, everything is bottle conditioned. So, and some of these are even, we're adding additional Britannomyces, uh, other strains of Britannomyces to the bottle with intention of trying to see what that does over time. And that's just so, Brett, right? That's what yes. you see, you see a Brett IPA or right. Brett whatever, you know, okay. So we'll add an additional strain of Brett to the bottle, let that condition it, carbonate the beer in the bottle, but uh, with intention of maybe a year from now, you're going to get some nice funk kicked off from that bottle conditioning. And, and again, like you said, if that's what you like, you can age it warm and also be ready for it to be a little bit higher carbonation. Be ready to pour that like any good, you know, if you find a good Belgian beer. If, if you find a, a three-year-old warm store or Vol, that thing is going to foam all over the place. But you might really enjoy that barnyard character of that Brett. So and that's why the glasses are shaped the way they are. Right, so and I how mean, thick they are, yeah. things like that. That's why we go with these corked cage, big, thick bottles that can withstand that high pressure. Um, and you can, you know, you can feel safe aging that for, you know, a few years and still still have a really beautiful beer, maybe a little bit more complex than what it started as. Maybe, maybe it's just something totally different. And that's what we're experimenting with right now. See, that's, that's a side of it I never thought of or heard from anyone is that... that very meticulous on I picked these specific bottles to house this because right. of this like you know you don't think about it you buy the bottle you're like oh look at Penrose uses these bottles you know like you don't think like oh Penrose used those we're bottles we're just trying to look purpose. fancy yeah like <laughs> well there's <laughs> an error that too but uh, that's kind of cool as well I think yeah, yeah. I think that's awesome um, you know, usually your, your basic answer from beer guy to beer guy is going to be like oh you know to mellow out you know to mellow out after a year right. or whatever. you know don't drink it for a year or two it'll mellow out like, right I don't know. It seems vague to me. But. That's, that's so they can sell you more. So you, you know, so you sit on them. Yeah. They, they still yeah, got they paid want a limit one. Right. You get a limit <laughs> of this and a limit of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, how about uh, now? When I took the tour, I remember them telling me something like, uh, "Again, this is a Rob tour." Uh, yeah, right. You got to keep in mind, Rob. Very complex. You're very, yeah. You're very uh, tied to this right now, Rob. Um, <laughs> I think he's. I think he gave like a number as to, you know, beer you have in steel versus beer you have in wood. I definitely have more beer volume in wood right so now awesome. than, in, than in steel. Absolutely. I, yeah. Obviously, that we produce more stainless stage beer throughout the year because that turns a lot quicker, but. Yeah, our, our beer volume, and we have a lot tied up in, in these barrels around the brewery. So, But we we got a lot of fun stuff coming out. We we just bought some, well, we lease some stainless totes that we do blending in. Uh, so that's that way we're able to kind of scale up some of these releases. Um, Blackberry, actually 10, Wild 10, 24, and Blackberry 10, we've sent some bottles out to the market too. So Yeah, no, I saw those at Benny's because I missed the release, and I was wow, I don't think I've ever seen your Wilds at uh, at Benny's before. I was happily excited. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're at a handful of places, not just Benny's. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I didn't mean just to mention Benny's. But no, that's, I ain't going to mention the big guy. <laughs> no, but we that's been our goal is to get our beer in people's hands and to scale up the program and to get better and learn with it as we go. So um, we've definitely done that. Um, we've got a lot of fun beers coming out in this upcoming year things that are really exciting to me personally and i don't get me wrong i love the oak but i'm a big uh brett 
stainless steel Brett guy. So like primary fermentation with different types, different strains of Brettanomyces. I wish there was more of you. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the problem <laughs> is not everybody wants to drink that. Oh, but awesome. um, yeah, we have a lot of really fun stuff, um, both in wood and in steel, doing different wild yeast trials, different things with blending, different wild yeast fermented beers, fruited, hopped, you know, dry hopped, um, different different types of wild beers, not just from our, our wood cellar, but also from some stainless steel tanks that we've devoted strictly to wild yeast um, and those are some really exciting, exciting things that hopefully um, we'll get some blends out at some point. Um, yeah, we've got Brett IPA should be coming out here uh-huh. soon. We're awesome. waiting on one, oh, one cool. round of hops. We, uh, we actually racked that onto some second-use peaches, so pulled the beer off mm-hmm. and then racked it back onto the peaches. So just a subtle peach note, but then we hopped it a uh, right. good amount. So we got a bunch of Nelson and yep. Mosaic in uh, there. Mosaic. Nelson hard to get a hold of? Yeah. Okay. Big it's time. I thought it's really expensive. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. It's about. This is a great hop. Uh, I think I heard Mike Palin talking about that for microphone. He was talking about getting that for a poetic uh, hustler or something. Yeah. But, well, um, he's spending his whole brewery on vanilla beans right now. So. Oh my god, that, that's <laughs> you ain't lying. Oh man, <laughs> how about it? Some good beer though. They make good yeah, beer. No, yeah, absolutely. no, absolutely. Damn we, beer. we were more commenting on the vanilla bean. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just the pricing. <laughs> they say like forty some dollars a pound, or is it what is it? Yeah, I mean we're at like nine dollars a bean that, yeah. right now. It's uh, like something stupid. <laughs> It's going down. If, if right. you can even get it is the problem. Yeah. Um, but what else? we got bread IPA. we got uh, just threw a beer on some cherries. We have this uh, really silly but fun uh, tequila, tequila barrel, yeah. strong sour, strong gold. Um, silly but a, fun. It's a sour golden yeah. uh, tequila barrel aged. The way I describe it is it tastes like this really sophisticated mezcal drink, like cocktail that you'd get from some mixologist. Um but we're putting a bunch of pink guava and pineapple, pineapple. in it. So and some a little touch of mango. A little bit of mango. I believe. Uh, so that'll get weird and hopefully delicious. Let's get it. It already sounds delicious, so <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> we got more But then we have a very lunches. traditional Belgian quad coming out as well. So <laughs> you know. Right back to the basic shit. And I would say that the Buffalo Trace barrels that we have our our uh, stout in. Spectral. Um, yeah, we yeah. pulled yeah. we've pulled uh, a few of our um, earlier fills, and we have some more maturing. And I think, by far, above and beyond, these barrels are the best uh, whiskey bourbon barrels that we've that we've acquired. So I think that we have some really good beer uh, coming out of these guys. Very exciting. Um, so when you those. guys are obtaining the barrels like Buffalo Trace and that, uh, when you're deciding on those, do they like, hey, this is one that's had you know this many years of bourbon in it like does it matter is it i mean you, you want to Fresh. control it as much as you can but at the end of the day uh it depends on what you get if you're not buying truckloads you know you you're where do you guys get them from do you well, a number we, of sources or do you kind of go yeah one you place get them from wherever you can but we got this round um the crew at hailstorm uh, okay i was gonna say josh said that josh said that he usually does the ordering for a lot of places and then he come pick them up yeah right. okay yeah, exactly. so you guys are part of that whole yeah and we've done that here with wine barrels right um, where everybody comes here oh, for, cool. for the wine barrel pickup. But, uh, yeah, they, they had the bourbon, and, I mean, you can get them from wherever you can get them. Josh, Josh and Hailstorm have been kind of my, one of my homes of, of brewing, yeah, nice. of, of the, of the, uh, yeah, of the craft beer era that, I, that I've gone through here so far. So yeah, the, love the, those guys. The Buffalo Trace that, that we got, uh, from over there was, uh, 
we did not turn them over, and the cask strength that came out was not delicious. It was, ooh, it was probably the best really? bourbon that I've that I've had in a really long time. Uh, that came. Well, we only we did only taste we didn't taste that. any of them. No, you we didn't. only <laughs> okay. tasted one. Okay. So no. most of the bourbon's still in the beer. <laughs> did not, did not. Was emphasizing. So. Okay, so you guys, you know, like you're saying, you kind of, you must have some relationship with Hailstorm. Like, what are some of the places you like to go in in the area, not this area specifically, but the Illinois Chicagoland breweries? What are some of the places that blow you away when you go have a beer? I, it, I've been. I know you don't want to leave anybody out. Or it's play, always you know, like, like relationships. That's exactly you know. sure. It's yeah, that plays it's such a big part of it, especially because I've I've been since my days at Goose, and now everybody who was at Goose is you all over the place. You should see when you go to like Fobab or some shit. This guy just gets hit in the balls by <laughs> every <laughs> third guy just walking mauled. by. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, but off off color always. Um, I think that's always kind of where I need to go. Um, the new half acre. He deserves it, by the way. Balmoral, yeah, I just yeah, stopped up there and and Mousetrap the other day. Yeah, and uh, new Metro Taproom was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Love their beer. I'll drink that beer any day. We always end up at Haymarket because it's close to the train station right. when we go oh, down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Not just because it's close. No, no. <laughs> because they make great beer. Yeah, no, Trevor, Trevor and Peter are, are great people. We've known them for a while. Um, that's like city stuff, all my, like where I need to go in the city. Mm-hmm. Burbs, um, workforce. Yeah, those absolutely. are my guys. Those are the, like closest to our house. Yeah, yeah. we spent a lot of time over there. The new tap room is pretty cool. I didn't mention Rev. I should have mentioned Rev. We're at Rev a lot. Yeah, I'm at Rev too much. Yeah, but why not? That's get some VSOD because <laughs> they started uh, something interesting. I thought uh, they started canning their barrel aged beers. Is that something you've ever even considered? Or I know I know they do. A, a, you know, the answer is no. I've never sure. considered it. That doesn't mean no. We would never do it. I just well, it's just no, so we different. Can't I, I afford didn't. to pasteurize. Our yeah, exactly. Is that what happens? Yeah, you have to pasteurize. I'm not going to speak for what they do, but we would do that if we uh, were going to do that. We did can recently. We have uh, four packs of our new stout that we just came out with called Vanta, um, and it's non, um, non-barrel aged. Non-barrel aged. Uh, it's a really really nice stout though. Nice and sticky. Um, it's dry hopped with a load of Simcoe, um, so you get this kind of sticky northwest pine sap aroma, followed by this semi-sweet coffee dark chocolate, um, and it finishes finishes round but not overly sweet. Uh, and it's it's crushable at ten and a half percent. So it, oh, ten, we're, 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 yeah, oh, that was next on my list when we're done. We're here. a big I'd fan. Right yeah, there that, so. I saw that sitting in the fridge when we walked in. Yeah, it's super tasty, and that's that's select out in the market in some cans, and we also have a few uh, a few Sixtals floating around the market, but mostly oh, okay. here. Um, but that's probably one of my favorite beers. I accidentally drink that um, every day. Accidentally, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like the way you're approaching that. Yeah, it's, taste. No, it's happens. Delicious. You're taste. Just taste, 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 taste checking. Well, it's quality. It's yeah, quality. That's exactly. why we said you guys emphasize your quality here. We can exactly. tell. So how about uh, I think Mike brought up uh, spectral. You guys were talking about that, right? That's your that's your uh, one of your barrel barrel aging. It's a big. So is that a yearly, you know, seasonal release? Or is it like a? We've done it a couple times. Um, usually we try to get it out in the winter time. Um, we got our barrels in a little bit late last year, so we're just waiting for them to to age and, and get to that point where we like it uh, for this year. Hopefully we can get it in before the weather turns right. hot. Um, and like anything, you don't want to force it. Sure. You, you make the beer based on what you have available. You're not going to sacrifice the quality just to throw something in 
some subpar barrel. Hey, I haven't had a release in two months. Right. Yeah. 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 And obviously, if anybody follows us, that's certainly not the way we do it. We're not releasing something every week just to release something. If we have to um, have something. And whether we've enough. gotten flack for that or not, that's... Well, it's idiotic you know, if you did. But. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's definitely of utmost importance, and it's a very high priority for us for to make sure that the beer is taken care of first, um, and then we'll we'll get our releases, you know, going based on the beer. A good beer, a, a good beer person doesn't give flack. <laughs> well, right, yeah. a good one, right. good. A good one. <laughs> Have you been on those Facebook pages? Yeah, and it's brutal, man. I don't know. Yeah, that's another. I, hey, I but know. that's good. Can we do a whole show on that? People like, are passionate. That's a good is, thing. Which is very, very good. true. Right. I'd, I'd right. rather them care that way than mm-hmm. not care at all. No, I, I absolutely true. agree with. Kind that. of a good uh, segue to one of the things that that I get really excited about, and we're getting really, really close. Um, is the fact that we have some really nice spontaneous beer oh. um, aging over here. Your face looked nervous there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really doesn't know what I'm going to say. edit you somehow, <laughs> even though it's not an editable. So Go. it's Tom's birthday, and we have... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, All right, yeah, so, yeah, we've been, doing, uh, we've been doing three... Is it three? We're three years. years. This will be our fourth brew... Uh, coming up next month, we're going to have our friend Levi from Funk Factory come back down um, and bring his cool ship. And we're going to make our, uh, our fourth. Cool ship. Yeah, Pierre. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Has a name. Um, so this will be our fourth spontaneous brew. Um, very exciting stuff. I think we've definitely dialed it in. I'm going to be honest and be like, well, the first batch we ever made it's if anything a blender you know it's not this beautiful lambic inspired type of thing but years two years three they're they're fucking amazing they're absolutely gorgeous they are some of the best spontaneous beer that i've ever tasted whether it be from a bottle or a blend or someone else's brewery and it's i'm very very excited about it um so we'll get here into uh our fourth year and we'll get a get our goose going and get uh, get some spontaneous blends going, get some fruit in there, and finally start having the sustainable uh, spontaneous program That's that we've wanted, you know, this whole time. That's absolutely um, killer, man. Yeah. So do you, uh, what, what are you guys going to do with these spontaneous when they're done? We're going to drink, drink, drink the yeah, shit out of them. So <laughs> who's, who's drinking? Are they going to end up on, on lines here? Are they going to end up in stores somehow? Or? Oh, I'm sure it'll be uh, really cheap and yeah, super easy season. to get because yeah. it's an easy process. Yeah, four ninety nine smell 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 the sarcasm oh, yeah. coming <laughs> off of you guys. So what did, what did you just hand us, Tom? Uh, I gave you what samples of Dorado, Dorado and Banta that, oh, oh, Jesus. that we've been talking about. So. I could have just smelled it and understood. Yeah. That it, Jesus, that smells great. So the, these are a nice way for us to start oh. the year. We we were really excited yeah. about these beers. We did. Throughout a once before, well, kind of twice, yeah, we one small batch and then one. That big was kind batch. of our dipping our toe into what we call the the Midwest uh, IPA. This overly dry hopped, uh, not necessarily highly bitter, um, super fruity, too many hops. Lots of um, we did lots of lots of grains. Flaked wheat, yeah. flaked oats. I could crush all those cereal this grains. But yeah, it's still oh. drinkable, right? Which is cool. It's got well, so none of that. It's yeah. really incredibly smooth, and you get a nice hop to it. It's d- absolutely yeah. delicious. So now, now going back to kind of that, that hazy double dry hop range, I, I think that's why people are going there is because they want they still want that drinkability of a session IPA, but they want right. more aroma, more flavor, 
as much as they can get in there, and that's how you do it. You, you drop your bitterness down. You still cram all your hops in there way late. Maybe do some different water adjustments to soften yeah. it up a little bit. Your different grains to soften it up um, so it's not as sharp. It's it's not the 100 IBU days right. that we used to right. have the, the IBU race. But you know? to contrast that, we have our 100 IBU Vector Imperial IPA coming really out in two weeks, and it tastes You've fucking done good. You've done that before. Yeah, yeah we have. It's awesome. It's, uh, I remember getting four-pack of that. It was awesome. And I enjoyed yeah. it very much. It's yeah. uh, one, of the, one of the less sweet double IPAs, Imperial IPAs. It's an Imperial IPA. Whatever. That's a whole other, that's a whole podcast talking <laughs> about what the hell the two Big different things be. Yeah. But I think it's it's really neat because it's, it's drinkable still at, what is it, nine Nine and a half. Uh, Might be more, yeah. Something percent. Give or take. We might accidentally be like 9.8 this year. You might accidentally drink a bunch of those while you're doing this. Hopefully not. Don't drink a drum with that. Accidentally drink 64 ounces of it. Lots of Simcoe, lots of Citra in that one. Uh, Again, this beer is clear, and it's very exciting how clear it is. Uh, But it's it's a really, really good beer. Uh, Vector will be out. Uh, February 1st. Oh, you actually have dates? That's shit. Good. Well, we That's should good. have dates. Why, we're is, trying. why, why did you say shit? <laughs> well, just because we... Because I got to make sure it comes out yeah, February 1st. we need to make first. sure we're on that <laughs> schedule. Wait, you know? wait a minute. What goes into that? See, because I'm just thinking, oh, yeah, it's, it's ready. Well, I mean, you so know? if it comes out February 1st, we put it on why our calendar. Why did you say shit? Well, that just means we need to be on on our game. We need to make sure that... Because if, if it was supposed to come out February 1st, we pro- I, we brewed it last week of the year. We brewed it the yeah, 30th. We're, fine. we're good. Yeah, 30th, something like that. We got first round dry hop in. We're throwing second round in probably tomorrow. 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 Uh, we crash it a few days after that. We got another week. We should be on schedule. Oh, we got those 2017 Simcos too. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. yeah. So what? We putting that in cans? That'll be cans. Four pack, four pack, four pack cans. cans. Twelve ounce. Twelve ounce. Yep. Yep. Should see. Five ninety nine. No, oh, once again. Great Great <laughs> Write it down. Look at it. Hey, they'll come. The small <laughs> audience that's going to hear this is going to be like, they said $5.99. Zero per can. <laughs> I, was, I was listening <laughs> to that podcast. They said $5.99. That'd be great if somebody actually came. That would mean somebody's listening. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, good. Yeah. that's true. <laughs> so that, that's, uh, what was that with the Vector? Vector. Vector. That's Vector. Okay. Yeah, and then we have... Um, You've had our Pebbles, yes. I think. Um, great beer. Coming back out with that um, a little bit more in the springtime. We have uh, some other fun kind of Midwest-style IPAs in a similar vein with different hops that we're highlighting. Again, low IBU, high dry hop, super fruity aroma. Um, and then we have uh, yeah, it's just an insane amount of dry hops. Too many. It's ridiculous. Too many. Too so, many for a good yield. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you guys... It, okay, so full, full disclosure. See, Mike Mike is kind of on the downside of his the double dry hop, the haze. I'm like right in the middle of it. Okay, I, I'm the guy Proud that's still like looking for him. And the microphone <laughs> puts something on. I'm gonna go buy it. And you know, I love like the hop butcher stuff, all that stuff. Um, but the thing we agree on all the time when we talk about that is that we wish we could get one of these. And like you talk about how it dumps down that bitterness and that like. You kind of want that, like, I, I'm just looking for something with that note of dank, too. You know, yeah. I want yeah. that. I like the orange juice. I like the thickness. I like the, the, the mouthfeel. But then I don't need well, to have, like, I don't need to have all the sweet, you know. So I, that's kind of where, where our approach yeah. is, like, recently. And, and and why we're calling them Midwest IPAs and not, like, yeah. 
just straight up East Coast or plus or stuff we don't like want that. it to look like milk. Well, yeah. So yeah. so which I, I do enjoy the visual on some of them. I mean, I know some people don't, and then some people prefer like like it's clean beer. I like to see beer. I'm holding up yeah. a stout. I like um, to see that. Yeah, like it's, it's yeah. Nice so to see like the, our approach to it is why we're calling a Midwest. One, it's not like super schmutzy. It's not like yeah. like juice like looking. You can kind of see through it but I like still the word schmutzy I feel like that should be in more beer <laughs> there, I, I feel there's a, there's a big difference between like I don't see that on and just like oh, it's very schmutzy shitty, you know hey there's a new beer after Pebbles we'll call schmutzy. it schmutzy that's, that's I love it I love it <laughs> but, yeah, can we so, get a collab credit on that <laughs> yeah, sure no but yeah so we do so, some uh, flaked <laughs> grains in there to get it nice and hazy in there but then also still have that bitterness to add that bite to it um a lot of those beers, I miss that bite. You know, I, like, yeah. I, I agree. Smell exactly. it. I this agree is what we've been so talking much. about. And yeah. if we find one that has any bit of that, we're like, oh, dude, it's actually got a little of that. Maybe it's from yeah. this hop or something. You uh, know, there I are know, a lot of people that don't. You know, a lot of people just want to have it taste like juice. You know, but I, I want a little bite. I still, I want a lot of aroma. A little agree. bite. And a I think that, that I think smell. that people are really gearing their their beer drinking and their beer buying based on. This sought-after, unattainable, like, just juice bomb aroma, but does that make for a beer? Does that make for, going back to how I, you know, described what I like about beer. I like to be like, ooh, that's a nice note, and you go on drinking the beer and living your life. It, It, you know, we make these with a little bit of bitterness and, you know, a juicy aroma, but it's not a thick milkshake where you can only finish one within a 35-minute period and you don't want another one. You know, it's still a crushable beer. It's juicy. It's got a little bit of bitterness, which kind of cleanses your palate on the way down and getting you ready for another sip, and that's how it works. You know, that's how you build build an IPA, and like these West Coast IPAs that we grew up on, that's how that happens. You know, you get a little bit of malt sweetness after the hop aroma, and then it finishes with a dry bitterness, and you're ready for another sip of beer. But you're still having a conversation with somebody about, not about how hazy the beer is, yep. about something else. You're so not putting I a fucking that, straw on it, you're, right. in, you're <laughs> drinking a fucking... You guys are so aggressive and angry. Or whipped cream on it. No, <laughs> no offense, Levi. He put whipped cream in a fucking mango slice. <laughs> oh, nice! And he served it in a a Sunday glass. Good job, though. Good Why job, the hell I'm sure not. it's delicious. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, now that we threw him under the bus, <laughs> let's move oh, on. He, no. he will throw us, us under the bus. We'll yeah, throw him. Well, does he want to do a podcast? Let him is. know. Yeah. It's just a blank bottle. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you get when you come to a brewery. Special blank bottle. Bottles. That's a special bottle. I have another random question uh, before we finish. This like past it. year, you did a. Um, We're not I know finishing you did like anytime. Sourfest, funk uh-huh. fest here, and I, I yeah, missed it like an great. idiot. And I, Ooh, I, bad. Once I saw it, I fucked up so hard. Are you doing that again this year? Wow, you're trying to make us break uh, some break yeah, No, you don't have to. You don't have Breaking to. Tell me. News. No, no, never mind. Tell me later. <laughs> 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 I didn't need um, sound effects, too. Yes. Considering it. Right, yes. Yeah. Do you we, need a second job? Uh, we had a uh, freaking great time doing it. Um, it's already uh, explicit, Tom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> fucking great time. Freaking. It was uh, a swell time. Uh, <laughs> no, I, our whole point of it was to, like, not be a beer festival, to sure. be a celebration of wild funky sour Funk. beers and Funk, to yeah, have man. our friends from around the industry that we've brewed with hung out with see every festival enjoy their beer we want them to come to geneva and showcase their beer so um bringing people in from ohio and indiana and st louis and 
Wisconsin and everywhere in between. Um, it was the perfect day for it. Yeah. Good, good setup. Um, it, I liked how the beer was presented. Um, we, we did it where the brewers weren't pouring. They were there for the VIP session, but they didn't have to pour. A lot of them wanted to and were still around. Um, but our, our volunteers were very knowledgeable really and, cool. and asked a lot of questions and um, still knew about beer uh, and were able to discuss the three or four beers that they were pouring. So they, they had some time with the brewers to do that. I think also without being like nerdy, we're, we're going for, for lack of a better word, that, that kind of collaborative learning process, you know, where we all get together and at the end of the day, we're learning more about how other people are doing it and what they like, what we like, what you like. And I think that's really a take home um, from what we did get out of that festival is the fact that everybody was able to kind of get together and, and learn a little bit more about how everybody is doing everything in this very kind of what some people could, could call a tunneled type of, of genre of beer, of wild beers or sour beers or something like that. But when you dive into it, obviously, it's everything under the sun. It's totally, every beer is totally different. It's made totally different. And, and you realize that when you actually get here and start talking to the brewers. Because, uh, as he said, they weren't pouring, but they, everybody was still here hanging out. Everybody was talking, and everybody was drinking some really phenomenal beers. And I'm, I'm excited for, for year two. Yeah, so we've almost set the date. We haven't told the city of the date yet, so we're, we're going <laughs> yes, to do that first before we announce the date. But yes, I want to make sure are, this year I don't fuck up again. Yeah, make, we make sure we will go. announce it with plenty of time. Uh, we will. I think uh, it'll be a little bigger too. Let's yeah. yeah let's have cool. Jake describe last year's in more detail and really just <laughs> <laughs> twist the knife into Mike's. See, Mike, Mike, Mike is uh, well. Mike, it not, was good. He's not he fucked up. Yeah, really. Fucked he's up not hard. single, but he's 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 newly engaged Ooh. and doesn't have children. So he he I have two kids. I've been married for nine years. He's he he gets to go everywhere. Well, the, he, he makes no, the clutch thing is uh, my fiance and yeah, my sister. Yeah, and she's badass. Both love yeah. sours and oh, wild. So and, like, and you didn't come. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know my He's excuse, worst, but it's not good right? enough for not okay. coming. So, right. <laughs> like for me, I mean, I mine, mine would just be like, "Oh yeah, the kid it. probably shit himself yeah. that day, so <laughs> we couldn't come." <laughs> no, but we had we had a great time, and we're we're definitely looking forward to it again. Um, I, we learned a lot just about planning a festival. It's different than running a brewery, Seriously. obviously. Um, it, it took a lot of effort for us to do that. Now we have a lot of that. Those kind of mundane details already ironed out. We don't have to stress over them. So yeah. hopefully from, we can and even... from the outside, you know, think about that. Because, like, I see, like, I know people uh, that work at, like, Lagunitas and stuff. Like, you know, you don't think about... They have event planners. And people, you, uh-huh. know, you, don't, right. re- you don't think <laughs> yeah, about... It was like, us. It was yeah, everybody. Exactly. Tom and Jake. Tom and Jake. <laughs> and <laughs> no, we had, no, our, it was our actually... Brad, our, it was, our, it was, our sales guy, everybody. Tony. Everybody. I'm sure the girls in the tap room are helping Absolutely. out. The wives, anybody, you know. It's bigger than you think. Sure. And as much as we hear little comments, like... Oh, I wish you had like a, a, one more food truck. And it's like, great. Mm-hmm. Well, these are, you know, our first year. So there was no we're going to build table. on this, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, Mike, are you going to need a changing table no, by uh, this? Maybe year? for myself later. Well, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> if you were at our last bottle not. share, <laughs> our, hey, we got to give Steve Croby a shout out. Steve would have needed a diaper yeah. change. Uh, anyway. Oh, God. Anyway. Hopefully, that's. We're not looking at adult sized changing tables for this year's <laughs> festival. Yeah. We'll just be clear about that. So okay, we're still we're still in the barrel house here, barrel house number one. How many events do you guys host here? How how often? We probably do. I mean, we probably average one and a half to two a week. Um, sometimes, especially holiday season, we're at 
four yeah. to five a week in this room. Um, anything from Damn. rehearsal dinners to one-year-old birthday party to wedding showers to, you know, birthday <laughs> parties. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, no, no, I, let's not gloss over that. Like, wedding reception, well, maybe? One-year-old yeah. one year birthday party. Yeah, exactly. I think somebody's hand, there's hands moving yeah. quite, quite aggressively. Oh, they're just, okay. flip, <laughs> they're just excited. <laughs> I thought she was, like, waving you down. No, not at all. Just doing yoga. Just happy. Um, <laughs> happy bartenders. What uh, <laughs> what other kind of events do you guys do around here? And you guys, do, like, just, like, basic stuff, like, weekly. Like you're doing trivia right now. It's yeah, we're doing right trivia now. on Wednesday nights. My wife runs that. Um, we do yoga in here once every month. Uh, I think it's the first weekend of every month. But Where do I sign up? Check our check our website. All right, check our website. But I'm right um, here. I'm at the horse's mouth. Like it's this <laughs> it's this weekend. Me. This weekend we have yoga. It's sold can you out squeeze already. me in? Can can we out. knock somebody off the list? <laughs> can we knock somebody off the list? <laughs> um, what else do we do? We do lots of stuff. Lots of we do stuff. lots of stuff. Yeah. We sing. Painting. We smile painting, a lot. Painting classes. Ooh. They uh, well, that's, that's yeah, not a bad they idea. Paint and pints. They come in about once a month. We're painting a glass this month. Oh really? I saw that. That looks difficult. It looks really cool. Okay. Mine's not we do turn out unofficial like uh, <laughs> wiffle ball in the, oh, yeah. in the barrel house two. That is oh, dope. Oh, there we go. It, How does that work? Barrel house two <laughs> slash wiffle ball. Field. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is there like a record? How does that you it guys work? Keep, it gets or, really uh, aggressive. Yeah. Do you really guys keep quickly. like a like a tally? We well, found these like different wiffle balls that don't have the slits in them. They're like they look like more like a golf ball. Like octagonal or whatever, or very whatever. That's your engineering you degree kicking in, right there. Throw them way <laughs> too hard at somebody's head. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but then you bad. throw it at their head, and then it drops them in the strike zone. It like oh, ends up beautiful. at their toes, like, so yeah. like nose, nose to toes. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Do you guys just want to talk about nothing from here on out? Like, yeah, I like to talk like, about wiffle ball. No, or no seriously, I'm not, I'm not talking kidding. About like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have anywhere to be. So if you guys don't have anywhere to be for an hour or half an hour, one of you guys striking out. I would like to. All right. I would like to get some other stuff out of you guys. Favorite ta- tacos. Right. Like that, that's stupid stuff. Yeah. But We're talking meat or this place guy, to go? This guy told me that the Half Acre, uh, the original tap room, right? Best steak burrito yeah, you've Lincoln. ever had? Yeah. And Lincoln they have solid burritos. Yeah, the burritos are pretty outstanding. One of his uh, favorite steak burritos of all time. I yeah. was shocked. Yeah. I and didn't think that would be the place to is Hispanic, it. so she said she loved it. And she's really, like, hardcore, so she's picky as fuck. And she said it was good. So Yeah. I, go. I believe Grace. If she says it. There's a lot of tattoos. <laughs> anyway. scares me, frankly. Anyway. <laughs> if I'm in Joliet, where do I go for you, If you're in Joliet, tacos. you find a, you oh, find a truck. Uh, try to get to Naperville. <laughs> try to get to Naperville Aurora. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, no, that's rude. No, you go, if you go just a little bit west of Joliet and Shorewood, which is like basically Joliet, yeah, yeah. So Casa Maya. Yeah. Ooh, great tacos. Yeah, they got good chicken right? soup. It's pretty, yeah, yeah it's, it's good stuff. Or Tacos Giselle. In the, it's like Joliet, but it's kind of Crest Hill, too. But, hmm. but Okay, so... Sorry, I don't want to talk about us. We're we're boring. Um, <laughs> but but others. All right, other so tacos here is what you're, ta- what you're asking. Uh, you know, yeah, that's seriously like. Being true, obviously. But, like, yeah, yeah. but you guys, you guys are defined by beer right now in this forum. So beer, beer, beer. But but like, okay, you guys sports guys, you guys non sports. You run into a lot of non sports guys in the beer world. No, I, I don't think I'm a non-sports guy. Yeah. I, I enjoy sports. It's called like sports when you have time and you're not just exactly. You guys are non-stop here. I'm sure you you both are here constantly, seven days a week. I mean, we're here right now. Exactly. So. Yeah, you're here right now talking to us, wasting your time. We're yeah, taking no, your time from you. I'd be here anyway. My no wife's up front running trivia. Yeah. So let's, exactly. let's remember so, that. Yeah. Did so she bring you tacos? I hope she brought me something. Oh, yeah, I'd, God, yeah, I'd be passing out if she doesn't bring me something. I mean, you'd have to. I bet she did. I bet she brought me fajitas. Ooh. Fajitas. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Okay, so don't have time for anything. Don't have time for, for sports fandom, all that stuff. No, we have I time for it. sports. Yeah. So, so the Bears uh, you, suck. You the have, Packers are yeah, not as good as they should be, but they're going to do better next year. It's horrible. It's rough. No, uh, it's not rough to be a Packers fan. It's rough to for being in Bears country. To be country. around here. Yeah, yeah. Around yeah. <laughs> Though, you know, you do notice we'll there's take a surprising every, amount any of, day of the uh, week. <laughs> cheeseheads. <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Danica Patrick. Aaron. Aaron's uh, dating Danica Patrick, apparently. Uh, really? I just saw that this week. Yeah. Is that real? I, I prefer I prefer what's her name that Olivia, Olivia Munn. Olivia That's Munn. I thought it was still that. That was that. Oh, but I guess they got some they got some public. Up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a Aaron's making all the wrong decisions, guys. A that is that's what's happening. You got that right. But <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is this is where it's like yeah, you might as well just cut it off now. Yeah, but, going off the rails. Yeah, that's yeah, all right. Just Whatever. hit just hit stop. Or, or <laughs> no, but, like, but seriously though, okay, I'll I'll try to bring it semi back on the rails. Like what? What do you guys do besides beer? Anything? Like, do you, what are, what, like, you talking about gardening actually, a little like bit? To, we both actually like, like to cook. Yep. Um, so, for I'm the in, past I'm couple years, we do, we've had this, you know, our kind of really nerdy uh, holiday party during the Thanksgiving time period, and we, we all go over to Tom's house and cook, um, Cook, cook, like cook bourbon. Dinner. Yeah. And I mean, no, no. we cook. Drink bourbon. Okay, that's oh, right. Wait, we, wait, cook, uh, <laughs> yeah. we cook food. We cook food. But yeah, we all like to uh, like to kind of get into weird, different. How's your green egg? Green egg's great. Tom has a big green egg. Yeah. And all that, the thanks to my father-in-law. Like a dinosaur <laughs> egg? No, like the like the the ceramic. It's like a smoker. Smoker. I got you. I got, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking. Makes decent food. Badass. Yeah. It makes great food. Doing well. I like to, like pork. I said, I like to ferment shit. Yeah, that's awesome. So, and, and like if you were in L.A., it, people, people would be like, oh, that, everybody does that. Right. <laughs> but here, right. nobody does that. Nobody nobody ferments anything. What's your best thing? Hot sauce? Kimchi? Yeah. Yeah? They're Both. all good. They're yeah. all amazing. And I'll, I'll do it with my toes. Uh, I do all of it with my toes while I do yoga the whole time. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> believe you know? that. No, that your type, kimchi was good today. I like your kimchi. It's good. Okay. I don't know if he's using slang right now and no, like no. kimchi. Lit- like, I like your style, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so cooking that is, is that it? I mean, do you guys have kids, families, anything? Like, what what else are you balancing aside from this? Well, there's women. There's women. That's hard. No My kids. wife's here. She's she's running trivia. Jake's girlfriend is probably sitting at the bar for trivia. She actually isn't. She's oh. dominating trivia in, right in now. In an irony, she's waiting. She's preparing items. To make more kimchi. Oh, ah. wow! And I assume she truth. was getting we ready for the vector bottle. <laughs> <laughs> She's been stirring for an hour. <laughs> She's looking at the watch continually. Like. All the cabbage is cut up, honey. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I thought you said you were going to be home at seven. <laughs> I got vector coming out in a week. Right, exactly. That's, got hops that's to put in there. Normally, but I mean, what happens around here, though? Well, yeah, that's uh, you know. <laughs> we end up being at the brewery for way too long and. Trust me. Yeah. When I walk in the door tonight, it's gonna be like I thought you started at six. <laughs> just, just blame like, it yeah. on the brewers. They were they late. They were opening up bottles that were blank. And I didn't know what was in it. <laughs> <laughs> did we figure that out yet? By the way, uh, this is a beer we did with Unane. Uh, okay. uh, oh, may I? So may I? Uh, oh yeah. So uh, you, he said Un, and I was like, yep. Kind of like a, a <laughs> rustic saison. Turned out one of the best saisons that we've made, um, and it was with them. Uh, mostly just straight up pills and a little bit of wheat. Uh, yeah, it was the 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 Pitois culture. Uh, may have been mixed with their saison. I don't remember what the primary so. was. That's good. 
our buddy Steve's going to be really jealous when he hears. We gotta yeah, that's good beer. Got ourselves a nice little collab. And why is the bottle blank? Just because. Because why waste a label when you're Did just it? giving it to some other breweries? Yeah, absolutely. Drink, you know? that, see? That's but the then thinking the problem is about. we get confused. <laughs> so. so is there anything though. coming up? Uh, I know we talked a little bit about releases coming up, but... Uh, Oh, I was going to ask you though. Is there? I know we talked about the systems of it, but is there systems to the wild releases? Anything? Is it just like when it's ready? That's when you're going to get it. Changed a lot, back and forth, and I think in response mostly to what people tell us that the angry people on Facebook or like the nice people that come in. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) you don't have to sugarcoat it. There's there's angry people on Facebook, and then there's people that go, "I love." coming here because you do this so Absolutely. you just kind of tailor I, your system to to that i've always thought the wild like your wild release is my favorite bottle release all the time and i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass like it's always so well run he says it's it a good time everybody. there's always a guy serving <laughs> coffee there's always a cool bottle share going on right. there's always it's always like oh yes there's a bottle wild's being released this like in two weeks like i cannot fucking wait thank god it's right. it's it's fantastic always Appreciate always it. Do you guys hear that feedback a lot? Do you guys get that stuff a lot oh, from yeah. people when they come in? Like, I just love coming here. At least that's good. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm just good to hear that you guys you, hear. You hear the love and you hear the hate. You hear everything. Sure. You but know? do you hear sure. the hate more digitally? Like, there's only a lot of yeah. people coming in here yeah. spewing it, right? I mean, you, you still get people coming in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. People still tell you to your face. It's yeah. crazy. But you get you get some online, blah blah blah. And, I mean. After you get to a couple more podcasts, you're probably going to hear some spew on online. Oh, you yeah. Know, well, that, that's when I know that people are listening, so I'm looking <laughs> exactly. forward to that. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of the way we think about it, you know? Like you said no, earlier, one of you guys said earlier, like, they're passionate. Like they're yeah, passionate. they're passionate. That's good. You know, that's a good people thing. Are. People, we people are. People are outrageous we, about... We want people to want to come and, and drink our beer and to buy our beer and right. to want to be a part of it. Yeah, so, I don't think you have any problem with that. So what's the, what's the the next stuff coming up here? Like what's in the next two months? Well, I Do mean, you know? next next couple of weeks will be uh, heavily focused, kind of rolling out the entire state. So we've got yeah, we're all physically so going it's all down distro south type stuff right now. Yeah, yeah so we've got uh, I'll be in Rockford, Peoria, and Champaign, and Edwardsville. <laughs> Good luck on and that then one. Champagne I'm not again. Going to Edwardsville. Uh, <laughs> a lot of fun there. We got people <laughs> in, people going to Bloomington, Springfield. Rockford again, yep. Champaign again, uh, Quad Cities as well. So we'll be in Seattle. lovely Davenport, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> all the all the major places yep. uh, rolling up here. We got some great stuff going down there, uh, which we're stoked about. But then uh, uh, at the it, same time, we have a lot of new beers coming out. Yep. Um, I'm sure that's what people want. This hear. kind of this whole year is <laughs> is about uh, kind of offering up something new and exciting at least every three weeks or so so we've we've built ourselves up to to have some new new exciting beers every three four weeks this whole year plus uh that's without any of the wilds that we'll be releasing as well so oh, awesome yeah, what, what i hate to ask this but what kind of thinking goes into that to to strategize like who's coming up with those timelines and like you know we know it's Your all engineering us. brains are thinking of like no, you know, it's abs- absolutely all of us. But then right we also now, bring in our sales, time. our sales guy yeah. Tony, uh, our partners. They have influence. Our taproom staff has influence. Uh, we listen to everybody's thoughts and yep. see what they want and see what opinions are valid. We listen to our wholesaler. They say, well, you should probably drop something here because it fits with our calendar. Um, we say, oh well, we're not getting these hops till this day, so right. we can't release that right away. 
So they're like anything else. It's a balancing act. People have no idea what goes in. Nine hundred decisions that need to be made. It's incredible. Some people get mad when you don't make the decision that they wanted, but at the end of the day, mostly Jake. No, everybody, me. Sometimes you know, but. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, beatings it's will continue until yeah. morale. Hey, as long as the beer so. tastes good, yeah, exactly. which is which is happening right now. So. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's it's what works, and you find out what works, and you keep doing it. So, well, I want to thank you guys first. So, I mean, this is a very very sincere thank you and cheers. Cheers. I don't yeah, have a, I don't awesome have a beer. beer. Letting us come here, here and uh, your guys' time. Yeah, thank you, letting thank us you. take your time, letting us drink your beer and other people's beers that are amicably <laughs> from town as well. So uh, this is uh, Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast, and we're sitting in the barrel room number one at Penrose Brewing, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed talking to you guys. Seriously, you guys were very authentic, and, and we just talked. We didn't, have to, we, didn't, we didn't have to kind of follow a script or anything. So appreciate it, and I'm sure a lot of people will listen. So take care. Yeah, thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. All right, we're out. <laughs>